Hi, welcome back, and thank you for joining us again to Jenny's Uncensored Pennies. I am Jennifer Martinez. And I am Adam Herrera. <laughs> yes, and last <laughs> week we talked about, uh, it was kind of a heavy episode where we talked about parenting styles. We survived. Um, we, we shared a lot about our experiences through childhood and some of the feedback that we received was that the first 10 minutes were pretty heavy. I know that I kind of came out like a raging bull, if you will, out the gate, just coming in hot. And so we decided that this episode would be about, you know, what did that lead to? How did that affect us? And so we both agree that we are both, we both identify as people pleasers in recovery. So here we are. Yeah. Um, and also like in re- regards to the last episode. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty heavy and a lot of the feedback that we got, I mean, it was all good, good stuff. And, but you know, it really like struck chord, um, with some people that, you know, you're obviously close to. Um, and yeah, and I, totally understand we really did go in in on that episode and um yeah so this episode will definitely be a little bit lighter um but i mean we'll see where it goes (laughs) yeah no promises i know i failed the last time to give a verbal trigger warning although i did put that in the description i'm not sure i don't think it'll get too dark if you will but i mean you never know i I think that our our conversations aren't very linear because we're very much unscripted unrehearsed uncensored and unedited at this point so i mean we'll see but yeah definitely yeah okay so last episode i talked about you know my mom being verbally abusive um and even physically abusive you know i'd be called every name in the book and i mean there are certain tones that even today i tend to like shut down or you know get triggered when i hear certain tones or certain decibels in people's voices um and then the physical abuse i mean that was you know slapping hitting either with a open hand or with a bell or shoot even a water hose uh, one one time, uh, and so why did that happen? Lots of times it was me not finding the thing on the thing on top of the thing, right, or or not listening, and so that led to the thought for me that I'm bad. I'm all those things that she's saying, all those things that I'm being called. I am those things. I'm worthless. I'm undeserving of love. And I have to do what I can to be loved. And then the other thing was that I also learned or started believing that love hurts, right? It hurts you emotionally and physically. Love hurts. So that ultimately led to me trying to control everything. Um and even creating my own chaos um, definitely led to low self-esteem, 
Um, I was not insecure in my decisions or my abilities to do things. You know, I used to always think like, oh, I'm, I'm not a creative person. Like, I don't have good ideas. You know, that sort of thing. But then now, many years later, as a grown woman, you know, here I am a writer. I am currently working on decorations. I helped, you know, I had very much input on what every page of my children's book would look like, right? And that's like making all kinds of decisions and and having to trust all of that. But that was a long journey. And while I was figuring it all out, you know, let's say 20 years ago or childhood to late adult, I don't even know how, what to call it, but I was very much drawn to people with underlying chaos. It's like, you know, you're drawn to people that you don't even know. It's like, it's the craziest thing. It's like subconsciously, I was drawn to people that maybe were experiencing the same type of pain that I was, or that maybe experienced the same type of trauma. I don't don't even know how to describe it. And, And so that's why... You know, I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, well, if I'm trying to control things, if I'm, if I have this low self-esteem, I'm insecure in my decisions and even my abilities and whatnot, like, what was I doing? I was, I was trying to please people. I was trying to do what I could so that I would be liked, so that I would be loved. You know, as human beings, we all want connection we all need that we need connection and we all need I mean really we all need to be loved right it gives us or gives me like a sense of purpose um hope yeah for sure yeah I mean um yeah um and just listening to you and like like two things that you know I wanted to point out it's like we tried to like since there's so much chaos in our life or since there was so much chaos in your life you know you try to like control outcomes right so like that and and I feel like that's where like the the people pleasing um comes into play is we we try to control like yeah the outcome of you know making these people happy or like um making sure that, um, you know, these people or these people in their lives are being taken care of in a way that, you know, possibly we weren't um, taken care of, right? So, uh, yeah, I just feel like it, you know, it just has to do with a lot about, you know, controlling our environment, um, controlling, you know, like, I guess in some sort of way, like our, our happiness, our love, um, you know, like the, the people that we do bring into our lives, like, you know, yeah, like it, it's just, uh, and, and like you said, like the subconsciously attracting these people, like I could totally relate to that. Um, you know, we, we attract the people that are in our lives, we attracted them somehow. Um, 
like our friends, you know, the people that we we come across, um, we we yeah we somehow attract these people, and it's 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 pretty pretty crazy how it works. Yeah, and I I feel that now as an adult, I have worked I have worked really hard to no longer take on projects when I first started going to therapy that was that was my pattern like looking at all my romantic relationships and even some of my close friendships the pattern was uh and I would I called them my my quote-unquote projects right it was like I saw somebody that needed help and I would take them under my wing and I would do whatever I could no matter what it cost me right that was a lot of times it was very painful it cost me a lot of tears, a lot of heartache, and sometimes even a lot of money, unfortunately, um, to make someone else better, to make someone else believe that they were enough, that they were lovable, that they were special, that they, I don't know, could, could do better than what they were doing. And, and even my own family would tell me that, right? Like, um you my sisters were like you have the habit of taking taking on boys and very very much trying really hard to make them men and for most of the people that I've been with like that that was very much the case um and the and the part of control yeah, attempting to control the outcome. Absolutely. Like you nailed it on the head. You know, that was another thing too that I've um worked on with my therapist as well. It's like she always says, you know, keep an open mind, an open heart, and let go of the outcome. Because what's gonna happen now if I don't find the thing on the thing on the thing that I'm looking for as a grown woman? What's gonna happen now if my room is messy? What's going to happen now if plans change? Probably nothing. And but 100 percent, like no one is going to come yell at me. Probably. Well, I already said 100 percent, but probably like nobody's going to come yell at me. And definitely no one's going to come beat my ass. Right. If something doesn't work out, like it's not that big of a deal. But so many times. I would put all this pressure on myself to make sure that things turned out just right. And a lot of times that led to even like ruining somebody's day probably because I would get so stressed out and, you know, and I feel that tightness in my chest and get that shortness of breath and that stress sweat that smells nasty. And, you know, sometimes I'd even start shaking because it's like, oh no, I'm going to be late or this person's been waiting for me at the airport for me to pick them up and now this happened and I can't help it and I have to go all the way around and that's going to take me 40 minutes and they're going to be so upset and I would just like tell myself these stories and you know my joy to go see this person or do the thing with you know share this moment with somebody or whatever but but then something happened that then that joy would turn into frustration and then anger right and then that would change my energy and it and you know like I feel that as human beings 
we feel each other's energy. So then the other person picks up on it. And then they're like, well, dang, like, this is a bummer. And I said the whole thing about the airport because that recently happened when my sisters flew in and they were bringing Jacob back for me from Texas. And yeah, and I got stuck in traffic and I was like stressing out. And my sister made it a point to call me and be like, Jennifer, yeah, that stinks, but we're okay. It's okay. Like, we're not upset. Like, it's fine. And then, of course, I'm like, she's probably just saying that because she wants, she's taking care of me, but she really is upset, right? And I couldn't trust that she was telling me the truth. And this is after years and years and years of trying to break that. And then finally, I was like, okay, I'm not going to let it ruin this time. I've been looking forward to seeing them reuniting with them and everything so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give that up right like I'm not gonna ruin that moment right so hard and yeah like I I feel like we like you and I like we're very um we're very sensitive uh of our environment um especially like 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 you said feeling people's energy um and want, wanting to take care of like the people around us, um, especially like, you know, like you going to the airport and, you know, you want, you want to like, um, in some sort of way, like, I, I, I guess please your, your, your sisters or, um, you want, you really want to be hospitable, right? And, uh, like you put, you know, their needs in front of yours and um and yeah like it it <laughs> i mean we were just those type of people um like we like me personally like yeah like i'm i'm one to put other other people's needs in, in front of my own um and i i guess in in some sort of way like i've always been like that um that that's how my grandma was actually um she would sacrifice like a blanket you know for us if we were cold or like you know she'd ask us if we were hungry like she'd always have food made like she um she was just that type of person right like that would want to make sure that you're doing okay like don't worry about me like my grandma would say that like don't worry about me i want to make sure that you know you're okay and i think that's probably where i got it from um and i i think it's pretty common in hispanic culture um i i mean i don't know what do you think oh absolutely um i experienced the, i experienced the same thing with with my grandmother you know, I, as you were talking, I was like, dang, that just takes me back, like walking up to, walking up the steps to grandma's porch. And before even reaching the first step, sm- smelling the flour tortillas that she was making and the, my favorite chorizo, chorizo and bean, you know, like something so simple, but that's just home to me. And it was very much, she was very serving and and yeah whatever i needed i mean she 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 did and 
you know, didn't want me to experience any inconvenience. And so I, I do see that parallel with me in the way, like you said, right, that we don't, it's, it's almost like we don't want the people that we love to experience the inconvenience. Um, and then also, like, it, it also makes me think of my parenting to Jacob. Like, it's a, you know, I very much cater to him in that same way. But to go back to, like, the whole pe- people-pleasing, yes, that's very that's very much a part of it, like the the influence of, you know, serving others, seeing that um, grandmother or mother in the Hispanic culture serving and you always, it's like very common that you see the females serving the males in the families um, or, you know, always serving like the men and the kids first and then the women sit down and eat last so yeah it could be could very much be a cultural thing um and then always you know growing up with the like you don't speak out of turn or you know you respect your elders like automatically or like oh you have to you know hug your tia kiss your tío, um that sort of thing yeah, and, and not having control over those types of situations. Well, whatever you didn't want to hug your tia, your tío, like, because whatever reason, right? But there wasn't that, you didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice. And I, I think that, I think that was, that is very common in our culture also. Yeah. And, and like you said, like, re- respect your elders and, um, like my mom would get mad at me for not saying hello to my, my nana or tata or, um, my, my tias like during Christmas or like, like, yeah, like <laughs> that you probably maybe get your ass beat or, um, you'll definitely get reprimanded or, um, but yeah, like a de- definite, definitely a lot of culture influence and, um and it's it's just like it's like that old school um you know mentality um and especially like i i guess in my family dynamics it's it's like really hard to 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 break that dynamic it's it's like embedded in our um family dynamics and and our i guess our culture you know where my family's from um especially i mean with my dad being raised by um all women um yeah like you know my my dad it it is the same way um you know especially being the man of the house but he also he also like um you know he he has like a lot of the i'm not saying he's feminine but you know like he has like a very i don't know like i don't want to, i don't want to say like he has feminine energy nurturing. but i mean it, i think it's nurturing. nurturing yeah yeah there you go nurturing perfect um <laughs> if he listens listens to this he'll, he'll probably get a kick out of it but uh but yeah no he he definitely um carried a lot of that from you know or it was passed down to him from my grandma um for sure and um you know he he's still like the same way 
he he's gotten better at people pleasing. Like he he doesn't do it. He's he's you know done a lot of self care, um, a lot of growing, a lot of um, you know, I guess you know finding himself and um, you know his place as a man in today's world. And but you know he he's still yeah he hasn't changed one bit. Well, that's kind of contradicting, but that's fine. We don't have to address that. <laughs> He's grown a lot, but then he hasn't changed one bit. But anyway. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I couldn't really find the words. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just picking on you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. No, but but yeah, and thank you for bringing up the cultural aspect because, yeah, that very much plays into I think that now that I've thought about it it's like the people pleasing and the cultural being Hispanic Latino Chicano whatever you call yourself you're a brown person with people where your ancestors were native to the continent of the Americas uh or they came from Mexico or, or whatever um and you speak Spanish you're part of that community um yeah, the the people pleasing probably also comes from society, right? Like we are a people to kind of stay in line, keep our head down so we don't get in trouble. So we don't, well, and I'm doing air quotes, right? Like get in trouble because, um, and we'll take, your mom just said it the other day. It's like, oh, you know, the, the Latinos, like they'll take whatever job is available to them to provide for their family. Like, yeah, 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 like a lot of people in our community, they do exactly that, right? And and some don't, you know, some don't, but a lot of them do. And they, and it's like because you do what you have to do, but also because you know we cannot, as a people, like afford to. We, we always want to, my, my dad used to always say, like, we, we always want to better, queremos mejorar la raza, right? We always want to better our race, our ethnicity, our culture. We want, we don't want to make it worse, like, in the sense of give a, give a bad name, right? We want to be accepted. That's what it comes down to is we want to be accepted. Absolutely. And so, yeah, so that definitely plays a part into, the people pleasing for sure um and you know again going back to the experiences that i personally went through right like the verbal abuse the physical abuse i strongly believe that that plays a huge part in the people pleasing and you know definitely like where my control issues derived from and a lot of my anxiety honestly came from that because if I don't please the person then they're going to be upset with me they're not going to like me they're not going to love me they're not you know and I I went through a good part of my life like caring so much about what people thought and that was the worst that was the absolute worst and today as an author, as a self-empowerment life coach, as someone that works in social services, 
as you know someone that helps people get their literature works published yes I do care about what people think but not not as much you know like I I care more about like being quote-unquote canceled but even then not as not so much because I know that when I speak my my intention is to help and I believe that I am coming across that way and it's not so much help in the sense of like people pleasing or to get people to like me but because I don't want I want to help people not be where I was if that makes sense or help people get out of the thought mind frame or whatever you want to call it that I was in right in the yeah definitely like I'm not good enough um I have to do what I can to be loved. Like I'm worthless. All, all of those negative things. Like I don't want people to feel that way. Um, I felt that I didn't matter for forever. And I felt that, you know, serving somebody else, doing laundry, cooking, doing all these chores as a kid, um, that that's all that I that I was good for was to do something for somebody else or that I wasn't going to be loved unless I was doing these things, right? Um, and then also with the sexual abuse that I experienced, that really just hammered that whole thought of this is all that I'm good for because it was like that happened. I was, you know, six years old when it first happened. And then you know, once I hit puberty and whatever, and just being a female, just being a female in the world, I mean, there's like the constant just whistling, catcalling, whatever, harassment that we experience. Not so much these days, I don't know if it's because I'm older or society's getting better or both. <laughs> it's like, ah, she's old, I'm not going to catcall her. <laughs> I don't know. But, and it's... Yeah, it's, I mean, you, you know, I... I'd never seen, or I don't know. It was like more, um, it was more common, like maybe twenty years ago, thirty years ago. But like, I don't really see it anymore. Or maybe I'm just like being oblivious. Or, um, yeah. It well, nowadays it's like you creep in the DMs and you know say a stupid pickup line, right? Or like, um, yeah. It, it it's just totally different nowadays but but yeah I, I i i totally get what you're saying yeah it's not i guess it's not as public now right like it's right, not out right. out in the street like you said it's in social media yeah. um or if by some chance that leads to getting your you know giving somebody your number or or some like dating app or whatever then you know that's where you can get like maybe harassed in that way um but yeah not so much like out in public or in the work i've still kind of experienced it here and there but definitely not as much as before but yeah i spent a lot of my adolescence and and my young adulthood like literally i would tell people like geez i would walk around thinking like that there was a sign on my forehead saying like 
you know, harass me or, you know, take advantage of me or, or whatever, because I was, it was just happening so much. And like, I mean, I know I'm not ugly, but dang, like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, Selma Hayek or whatever either. <laughs> so it was just so weird to me. And, but at, at the same time, it was like, I was carrying that, that first, you know, being six years old and being used for somebody else's pleasure that just, you know, like, that just really messed me up. I mean, like, sorry, like, it fucked me up for a long time um, in the way that I thought about myself and the way that I felt about myself and the way, even the way that I carried myself because, I mean, sure, here I was, like, again, looking for love, whatever, and that started at a very young age for me. Um, you know, I was 14 when I had my first, like, serious boyfriend, and, you know, we started fooling around, and, and I used, I very much used sex as a teenager to get, well, at least that boy, to, <laughs> at least that boy to like me, but, you know, I would kiss boys or, or whatever, and then, yeah, I became sexually active when I was 14, and, and then, you know, that had its consequences because people saw that I had a boyfriend and they would see us making out and whatever. And so then I was, you know, I was called all kinds of stuff, not just by my mom, but also by, you know, the student body. Um, and you just start, I started just believing these, again, these things that were said about me and, and whatnot. And looking back on it, on it now, I can't say that I regret because I wouldn't be the person that I am today. Um, but then I look at my son and I'm like, dang, like he's so different from, from me at that age. And I'm so grateful. <laughs> um, oh yeah. I mean, crazy. yeah. Just saying that about, you know, Jacob or I guess kids these days, it's like, like, I mean, back then, like, no one stayed on the computer or, like, no one played video games or internet wasn't, I mean, it was around, but, it, like, it wasn't around, right, like it is today. And, like, um, you know, like like you say, the, the saying, you know, we're out there in, in la calle, right? Um, like, it was just, like, more common being out doing stuff. And now... I, I see kids like, you know, on their iPads or like on their phones or, um, yeah, it, it's totally different nowadays, but, um, right. And for me, I very much also thought, you know, if the person that quote unquote loves me the most, like my mom or whoever was you know, abusing me at the time hurts me in this way, Right. So how dangerous can the outside world be? Because I'm in my home and I'm experiencing these painful things. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm not going to be afraid of so and so out in the street. I mean, I'm certainly not going to approach the car when 
the dirty old man's like whistling and hollering at me while I'm walking to school or whatever. Right. But, but you know what I mean? Like I was just very mm-hmm. ob- oblivious to a lot of things because, and, and naive and I hated being calling called naive, but I would, I was called naive so much um, because I was very trusting. And I think that I was like that again, because of the people pleasing and, and because I just wanted to be liked, I didn't want to be treated like a burden. Like I didn't, and I just wanted to, to feel loved just for existing. And fortunately, I did have that with, with my grandmother. And one of the things that, that my mom did out of all the things that, you know, sure hurt me and everything. One of the things that she absolutely, that I'm so grateful that she did was, you know, she had me spend time with my grandmother and she also, it was very much the whole, if you live under, as long as you live under my roof, you go to church. Right. And so for me, yeah, I didn't really care for it all the time, but it did give me that sense of belonging, um, that sense of hope just having that faith like something else something bigger to believe in now I haven't been to church in a really long time um I'll only go you know somebody's having some kind of ceremony or celebration or whatever that is at a church then then I will go um and that's because just as you know as I the as I was growing up like in the church so to speak I got to see like just a lot of things happen and I was like man like if these are the people that are in church I can I can find these people on the street like I don't (laughs) need to be in a building with these type of people um and I'm not saying that they're all like that but that was just my experience and that's you know my own choice or whatever um but but still the the point is that I was forced to go to church and through that like I I actually that's where I met Roy my who I you know, call, refer to as my mentor. And so I'm really grateful that that came out of it. And, and, and also, you know, my, my grandmother, the person that I felt that always loved me just for me being me, for me just being alive, right? Like she was a woman of faith and through her life, like me watching her I experienced miracles when she got sick and then she got better. And even when she died, you know, like I, my grandmother, Mm. she gave me that, that safe place. Like, and even to this day when I have a speaking engagement and I'm really scared, I go to that safe, safe place. And it was in my grandmother's bedroom, you know, laying on her bed with the box fan blowing in the window because there was no AC. And it was saying our nighttime prayers where she liked the Our Father and me just talking, talking away and her just engaging in conversation with me. And I just felt so safe and so loved. And, you know, that's forever my safe place. And that's the place that I go to, even in doing this, anytime that I feel, you know, afraid 
and I'm going to say the wrong thing or whatever. I just try to go back there. Yeah. And a, a helpful tool that my therapist offered me also, like, in making, because I, I said earlier how, you know, a lot of these things I had low self-esteem and I was insecure not only in my sense of self and my ability to make decisions. Like, I didn't trust my decisions, right, because I had made so many bad, <laughs> so many bad decisions um, that oftentimes led to people hurting me. My therapist um, in one of the sessions was like, okay, now imagine that it's Jacob coming to you with the same situation, right? Like he's speaking this scenario, the same thing as his own experience. And what would you say to him? And for you, Adam, I know you don't have kids and for those of you listening that aren't parents right it's we always want best for our best friend or for whatever our relative is or or whoever it is that we love so much right and we give these people advice and we say like I want this for you I I see that you're this way how come you can't see it right we're so quick to to give that to people Right. To see people in a way that they don't see themselves and in a way that we don't see our own selves. And so my therapist was like, mm-hmm. OK, so what would you say? And. And so many times like that has been the most helpful thing to me because I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. I need to practice that for myself. And I feel that. If we all did that for ourselves, like we would just be so much better off. But like, how do we get there, right? We have to rewire all this stuff that happened to us whenever it happened, right? Like whenever we felt the most hurt and we just have to rewire it and change that thought process and the narrative of, you know, the either the love hurts or I'm worthless or I'm the bad thing. I am those things that people call me. I don't matter. This is all that I'm good for. Like, we have to quiet those voices and make this other voice louder, right? That our voice does matter. And we are capable. We don't have to people please to be loved. What, just, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, we just have to be who we are happy, who we, like, want to be. Right? Like, whatever we yeah. feel is true to us. For sure. Um, what are some, like, uh, I guess tools or, um, like, what are some ways to, I guess maybe minimize like the, the people pleasing or like, how do you like, what what are some things or what, what are things that you practice? So, um, Maya Angelou said something along the lines of when people show you who they are, believe them. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy crap. Yes. So <laughs> the way that that helps me with my people pleasing is when I develop a relationship with somebody, you know, you, you see a pattern of how, like, how much people will show or will show up for you or they won't. And so I'm, you know, I give people, I always say like a 90 day, sometimes it it takes a little bit longer because sometimes people show like they're making progress, but then it's all, you know, know, it takes a while to show that it is a facade, but it's like when you start a job and it's like that whole 90 day period, right. That they like the training or whatever, like a probationary period. Yeah. Right. Like to see if they're going to get better or whatever, or they're, they're going to do well at this or whatnot. Right. But it's just like having some kind of measurement in your mind. And and that's what I do personally is mine is like the 90 day, maybe six months. Unfortunately, I was in a relationship where the guy like really, it was really good about the whole bandaid and looked like it was making progress, whatever. And so then I I regrettably (laughs) have to report that that was like three years. Like, oh, gosh. But anyway. Um, yeah, where I was just like, people, people can put on masks and, you know, make you believe certain things or whatever. And then, and then come to find out, obviously, you know, that says a lot about me too in that time. But now I'm very much Mm -hmm. at the point where it's like, no, I'm not going to give of my energy to somebody that is not returning the same. Right. I understand that sometimes people like let's say you have a friend and everything's good whatever um and then they go through something and so then the dynamic kind of changes that's different right like if somebody's going through something i mean i'm very compassionate and and somewhat of an empath as well where i understand and i meet people where they're at or try to meet people where they're at and then you know it's just deciding are they staying there? Are they turning into someone else? Do I recognize that person? Is this person still the same person that they were, you know, before this? Or are they, you know, getting back to that or, or whatever? Um, and then choose how I'm going to continue in that friendship, in that whatever type of relationship it is. Um, so just, you know, understanding, like, again, meeting where people where they're at. And then just monitoring, right? Like how much am I giving of myself and how is that making me feel, right? Am I exhausted? Am I, mm-hmm. what? Am, like, what am I getting from that relationship and investing so much of myself? And that's how I kind of gauge, of, you know, if the person's showing up the same, cool. Like mm-hmm. that's, then it's not people pleasing anymore. Or it's not people pleasing at all. It's just being in a relationship, whatever the type, with that person. But if this person is, if there's somebody in my life that's like continuously making me feel a certain way, letting me down, or what have you, then I'm going to distance myself. I'm going to set those boundaries. I'm going to limit my time with them, probably. I'm going to let them know, right? Like, hey, you said this, whatever, or you hurt my feelings or whatever it was. And I need to take a step back. Or I'm, if I know that 
I cannot speak to that person and say those things because it's going to have some kind of like toxic outcome, then I'll just show it, right? Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'll be cordial, I'll whatever, but it's going to be limited and I'm going to guard myself. I don't know if that really answers your question. Sorry. (laughs) Well, it's not like a, a one word answer. I, I, I definitely like, yeah, there, there's like so many ways you can go about it. And like, like you said, like you're giving, you're, you're, you're like, you know, putting feelers out there in, in some sort of way, like trying to see where, you know, how people, um, well, in some sort of way, like how, like what, what's the transaction? Like you, you get a feel for, um, like well, what kind of a transaction you're going to have with that person right and i mean depending if they're you know loved ones or you know new people coming into your life like you're yeah you just kind of like gauge you know how how much of yourself you're giving and what they're get what they're giving back to you and um and like you know i think one of the most important things for me is like setting a boundary right a boundary with yourself and then a boundary with you know with that person um i think that's like one of the most important things to me is you know and like it it's taken a really long time um for me to to get that um especially now that i'm an adult um there are some moments where you know i i catch myself slipping like uh like i'll you know i'll i'll I'll, like i'll notice or like like you know i'll just kind of remind myself like what you know what what am i doing here or like how did i get myself in this predicament where i'm you know offering more of myself than what is you know what what these other people are asking of me um and it's so easy to like slip into that um that mentality especially in the like in the work we do um you know like you have to like you you can't spread yourself too thin right and like the the, the thinner you get the more it's going to drive you insane or it'll just you know make you sad or angry or depressed or yeah, like it, it. It's so easy to fall back into that, and you just kind of you have to be mindful of yourself. Most importantly, absolutely. And setting boundaries is not an easy thing. A lot of times, I mean, I think in the beginning, and and or even with certain people, setting boundaries for me very much feels like I'm being mean, right? Like I'm being a bitch, or I'm being cold, like, like I'm being like selfish. Cold pulling teeth or like it, it it's really like icky you know it, and it, it's like a um in in some sort of way it's like a, a like a sensitive subject or like you, you have to be really careful like that that's how I approach it but I mean if you're cautious going into it like you're you're just gonna you know set yourself up for failure because you can't you can't like you have to you know speak your truth and um you know say what you need, 
exactly follow through say what you mean to say and um stick with it yeah and that reminds me of like parenting being a parent to like a really young child right like the the jacob would act up or whatever and then it'd be like man like now we have to leave the store because he's acting out, but I really need to stay at the store because I need to get stuff. And that's the hardest thing is like <laughs> removing yourself from that situation to show the person that you mean business. Right. So like setting that boundary of like, no, that's not OK. I'm not going to allow you to, to treat me this way. I'm not going to allow you to talk to me like that. I'm not going to allow you to be in my home or whatever it is. I'm not going to allow you to show up unexpectedly i'm not going to allow you to bring whoever you want over to my home or whatever it is and actually like sticking to that and a lot of times unfortunately it's because of the title i i think that that person holds in your life right and right it's like if it's a family member if it's a a core family member like mom sibling whatever parent caregiver you know, whoever that those important titles, it's so hard to set those boundaries and to not fall back into the people pleasing. Uh, yeah, and yeah, it <laughs> I, it makes me laugh because it's like, um, yeah, just the type of people that we are, um and suckers i'm just kidding <laughs> literally yeah like I, I was a sucker i was a sucker for a long time and you know still am sometimes um but yeah it, it just it's, yeah it's all it's like all these growing pains you know and you try to grow out of it and um you know i wish i wish i would have known you know, what, what I know now back then, because mm -hmm. man, like, re, you know, friendships or relationships, it, it would have been a lot easier, but I mean, you know, the, this was the route I took. <laughs> yep, exactly. And then, you know, again, for me, I'm like, yeah, a lot of times do I wish that certain things would have ended up differently? Sure. But I don't really have any real regrets because then I wouldn't be who I am now and right. I fortunately love who I am now <laughs> yeah yeah De <laughs> definitely um I'm I'm a lot different than when I was in my 20s or it's crazy therapy therapy people therapy see a therapist it, it's okay there, there's like this this bad stigma around it like no like therapy it, it's so great for you and um it's always good to talk to someone it, even if it's not a therapist like it's always good to to talk to someone <laughs> yeah absolutely. Sorry, sorry sorry with my little rant oh about, about going to therapy or what <laughs> yeah Oh, I mean, you're preaching to the choir because I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm all about it. But I'm not, you know, but I'm not going to, like, force people or whatever. I mean, you do what you want. I'm like, absolutely. Like, as long as you're talking to someone, I think that's, yeah. that's good. Um, 
and be mindful of like how that person is receiving and I, and I know that shoot I don't have a lot of friends and I know one of the big reasons is because I'm going to tell you like it is and I'm sorry but yeah people, I don't want to people don't like that I don't, I don't know why like well and I like I'm sorry like I'm not I don't want to hear the same thing like Right. The same thing with either the same person or a different person, but it's the same scenario. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. Like, and I'm never going to tell somebody like, oh, you need to do this. You should do that or whatever. Like, no. Um, well, I mean, I guess I do say like, okay, what are you doing differently? Right. Okay. So this is, this has been the situation. What are you doing this differently? Or what if you, tried this or whatever um but for me it's like I because I don't want to fall back into unhealthy patterns like I don't want to be in that with somebody so yeah I will hear you Mm -hmm. out I will you know coach you through something um but if you're coming to me with the same thing over and over again, like, no, like, that's exhausting. That's exhausting to me. That's exhausting to you. Like, don't do that. <laughs> like, stop it. But you know what? And you know what? Like, I know that I used to do the same thing. So, I mean, that's hard. So it's like, well, I'm just going to remove myself from this. If you ever need someone to listen, whatever, to that, that you've done something different, you're trying different things, you want to talk to me about that, like, I'm here for you, like, I love you, and I care for you, but I don't, yeah, I, I don't care what you do, like, that's your thing, <laughs> I don't, I don't need mm-hmm. to make your thing my thing, I'm not doing that. Yeah, and yeah, setting a boundary. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, exactly, setting a boundary, and not, yeah, and not pleasing the person, because then right. you're, like, like you said, wearing yourself thin, so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, well, well. How do you think we did? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out. But I think we stayed on course. Um, yeah, no, like, yeah, I think we we did pretty good. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy with it for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what? Um, so where can they find you, Adam? Oh, uh, like on Instagram or Facebook? Yeah, social media <laughs> well, or whatever. Oh, yeah, Facebook, Adam Herrera, um, based out of Santa Barbara. Um, but Instagram, um, at DJ Adam Herrera. Um, that's my business, uh, social media Instagram page. And then, um, my personal, um, I don't give it out often, but it's just my name, Adam VH. Um, but yeah, you can find me on my socials and um and all stuff, but that's a whole other thing. But anyway. Well, <laughs> yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Jenny's J E N N I S underscore pennies. If you wanna give a comment or or what have you about this episode or give us some insights about what you wanna hear please feel free to DM us on our socials and thanks again for listening. Um, 
I know our episodes are kind of long, but I do feel that because we do these episodes bi-weekly that, you know, you can listen to like half of it one week and then <laughs> the other half or whatever. It's like you're, it's just a continuous conversation, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. But like a lot of our, you know, conversations that we're, we're always like worried about time, right? Like, oh, we're going to do 30 minutes here, 45. But like, um, I, I, we just, we we're, we're just talking and, um, we feel like an hour is good. So yeah, 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. Um, we really appreciate the feedback. Um, it, it is very scary for us to get feedback, but, um, the more feedback that we get, the, the better we'll be able to produce this podcast. And, um, if y'all can, support us share uh share it on your socials send it to a friend you can find us on apple podcast uh, spotify um pretty much any podcast app um so yeah wherever you listen to podcast yeah we really appreciate it um and yeah yeah and the whole point of the these conversations are to build connection and to let you know that you're not alone. And most importantly, as my message is always, to let you know that your voice matters. You are capable, you are lovable, 